What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy football This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy, your fantasy football team? What's going on, everybody? My name is Josh Anderson, and you guys are listening to What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast. I appreciate you guys listening in. It is Monday, August 13th, excuse me, August 12th of 2019. Uh, We are currently in the midst of preseason games for the NFL. Uh, We are roughly three and a half weeks out from the first game of the NFL 2019 NFL season. Um, You guys probably are starting to think about your fantasy football drafts. Some of you may have already drafted in some leagues. Um, I know I myself have a draft coming up this weekend, got a little draft party going on in Nashville. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I got a couple other drafts coming up later on this month. So now, now's the time to try to get ready for your drafts, get ready, um, you know, and just start preparing, do some research. And, uh, you know, one of the best ways to do that is listening to some of these podcasts. So I appreciate you guys listening in, uh, make sure you guys subscribe. I'll be putting out quite a bit of content over the next couple weeks. Um, you know, in years past or, you know, rather last year, um, you know, I've had a lot of like long episodes, so I will, um, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now to hold myself accountable. I'm going to try to keep some of these episodes, at least early on in the preseason, uh, somewhat short. Um, that way you guys, um, you know, aren't spending all day listening to my monotone voice. So it's been quite a while since I've put out any sort of content. Um, this is my first episode, um, I believe since, I believe it was January of, uh, this year. So, um, you know, I planned on, you know, putting out some content during OTAs. Um, I had planned on my, you know, first episode of the preseason being earlier than today, but here we are, um, you know, kind of got, kind of had some things going on in my personal life that I will, uh, let you guys in on a little, in a little more detail, um, here in the next few weeks. Uh, but for the, for the time being, um, I'm going to try to get into football here shortly. I do want to mention one more thing. I will have a co-host joining me here in the next week or two. Um, he's very, very excited about being on the show, and uh, I'm also excited about him joining me. Um, so there will be a little more opportunity for, um, or well, there will be opportunity for more discussions. Um, it won't be just me talking about my uh, takes on fantasy players. So probably a little more interesting to you guys. Uh, so hopefully you guys will appreciate that. Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get into it and uh, you know talk. Of, I got two different segments I want to go over this particular episode. Um, the first first segment is, uh, you know, kind of just general strategy uh, when it comes to fantasy football. Um, and the second segment, we'll actually talk about some players specifically. Um, that segment is called Players I Love in 2019, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. I'll go into more detail about that here in a minute. But first, um, I do want to talk a little bit about just general strategy in fantasy and uh, how you guys um, can play fantasy this year and not drive yourselves crazy. So, um, I started playing fantasy, 
um, I guess it was about five or six years ago. And, um, you know, initially it was really, really frustrating because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And, um, you know, oftentimes I would kind of lean on the advice and the, and strategies of some of, you know, some, some analysts that, um, you know, are a little more well to do and have been doing this for a little while. And, um, you know, oftentimes I kind of was frustrated by that because, you know, I would just follow their rankings, follow their projections. And then if they weren't right, then I'd be very, very disappointed. In fact, um, I was actually blocked. I believe it was my second season playing fantasy football by, um, I won't mention his name, but one guy that, um, you know, is, is, has, has been, has, a lot, has had a lot of success in the fantasy industry. Um, you know, I, I, in a fit of rage actually tweeted him. I'm not proud of this, but I tweeted him, um, said some things I shouldn't have said, nothing terribly inappropriate, but I basically just said that he gave terrible, bad, terrible fantasy advice. And then he proceeded to block me. So, um, you know, the reason I, I, I bring that up is, um, you know, you, um, it's, this can be extremely, an extremely frustrating hobby if you approach it a certain way. So what I mean by that is if you're constantly letting other people make your decisions for you, then you're probably going to have, have more frustrations than if you just make your own decisions and screw up on your own. Okay. So, um, you know, it feels better to me at least the times that I, you know, make a bad call on my own and lose rather than listening to some advice that I may not necessarily agree with, but I go with anyways and then still lose. So, um, again, like, you know, it's, it's kind of gratifying when you can make your own decisions in this, you know, when in fantasy football and win, you know, it feels really good when that happens. And I feel like it hurts less when you make a bad decision on your own and lose. So hopefully that makes sense to everybody. Um, so, you know, really, you know, the, the title of this segment, um, what I chose for the title of this segment was always listen, but don't listen to everything. Okay. And so I'm totally contradicting myself when I make that comment, when I say that, but what I'm really saying is, you know, you want to listen, um, you know, especially if you're not an experienced football fantasy football player, you want to make sure you listen to people's advice, but you don't need to necessarily always listen to that advice. So you want to hear it. You want to hear what they had to say, but you don't necessarily want to apply it. Okay. So, you know, there've been plenty of times in the past where, um, you know, I may read an article, um, and this analyst is really talking up this player. They're saying, Oh yeah, this guy, he's gonna, he's gonna rush for so many yards, or he's gonna have so many receiving yards in this game, or he's gonna throw for X number of touchdowns in this game because of this and that and X and Y and Z and whatever. Um, and, you know, there have been times where I've I've read articles like that and I say, OK, I see where you're going and I understand why you've drawn that conclusion, but I don't necessarily agree with that. And I don't necessarily buy it. So, um, you know, and it's it's one of those things. It's kind of a sharp learning curve. But, you know, after you've played after you've played fantasy football for a year, a couple of years, um, you can kind of start to get a, you know, a feel for it and you can kind of start to make. Um, start making your own evaluations and start drawing your own conclusions uh, based off of um, fantasy information that you're being provided. So again, you want to listen to fantasy advice, but you don't necessarily need to take it. Okay. So, um, you know, cause you may hear the same advice. You may hear the same information from about a certain player 
Um, but you could have a, a completely different evaluation of that situation, of that team, of that offense, of that defense, whatever. One instance that comes to mind for me personally is this whole debate about Juju Smith-Schuster and if he's going to be a wide receiver one this year. And so there's a lot of analysts that are saying like, you know, oh, well, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, he's, you know, he's going to be the wide receiver one this year for Big Ben, for Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, now, now that Antonio Brown is gone, he's going to get all the targets. And then there's other people that are saying, well, now that Antonio Brown is gone, now all the attention, all the defensive attention is going to be on Juju Smith-Schuster. So he's not going to be as efficient. Um, and so this is one of those situations you kind of have to evaluate the situation for yourself and figure out, you know, like, cause I think there, there are arguments and there's information to back up both argument or both arguments. Um, but you have to kind of draw your own conclusion for this particular situation. So, um, it goes back to, you know, and I mentioned this last season, um, after pretty much after the conclusion of the season, I said, you know, probably some of the best advice I can give new fantasy football players is make sure you're always trusting your gut. Okay. So, um, you know, again, hear fantasy advice, but you don't necessarily need to take it. You need to draw your own conclusions. You need to trust your gut. And, you know, if you do it that way, then you're probably not going to be as frustrated as you would be by just following blindly, following somebody, some analyst's advice blindly. Okay. Um, and that goes along with me. That goes for me as well. So like, even like, you know, if you hear something, you know, on this, on this episode, you know, um, that you don't necessarily agree with, you know, that's okay. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this firsthand. I'm telling you this. I'll be the first one to tell you this. You need to make sure you follow your gut, trust your gut. Um, and, and I don't care how good the analyst is. Nobody is perfect in this industry. Okay. Nobody gets every single call, right? Um, I'm willing to bet money right now that I'm going to make some bad calls. And so it's, it's going to be, um, one of those things you have to, um, make sure you're evaluating the situation for yourself also. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the advice I got for you guys. Like make sure you guys are trusting your gut. Um, don't follow anybody blindly, hear people's information and, 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 you know, try to understand why they're coming to those conclusions, but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to come to the same conclusion as they do. All right, guys, on to the next segment. So this next segment um, is called Players I Love in 2019. So this is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Um, you know, the one little piece of information that I'm going to include in this is that, um, you know, it, it, this is players I love. Um, and there's a lot of players I love, you know. Um, but th these are players I love um, in regards to their ADP. So I'm looking at their ADP and I'm saying, you know, I like this player. And I like them um, more than their ADP indicates. So, um, you know, for instance, let's say there is a player that's going at the end of the third round. Okay, so player X is going at the end of the third round. Um, and I say, you know what, I'd be happy to take that player at the end of the third round. In fact, I'd be willing to take them earlier than the third round or earlier than the end of the third round. Um, so that's kind of what this segment is all about. You know, so these players, I like, uh, I like them at their current ADP or I like them even better than what their ADP is at currently. Okay. So first player I have on this list is Mike Evans. So, um, the reason now currently Mike Evans is going as, I believe he's going at the very, very end of the second round. Okay. So he's going off the board. 
Um, 20th overall, I believe he is wide receiver nine currently being ranked as wide wide receiver nine. Um, and, um, you know, I don't know if I quite understand why he's going as low as he is. Now I'd be perfectly, if I could, if I could guarantee it, I would, you know, any, if I had a, um, let's say I had the first overall pick in a draft, I'd be perfectly, perfectly fine with getting Mike Evans at the end of the second round. However, I don't think I'm going to be the only one that has this same idea. I think there's going to be some other guys, some other people out there that share my same opinion and will think that um, that maybe Mike Evans should be going earlier than his current ADP. So I would not be surprised, and I've actually seen this already in some uh, in some mock drafts. Mike Mike, Mike Evans has actually gone, you know, middle of the second round, um, you know, and, and I think like, you know, and you're, and you know, maybe you're, I mean, maybe I'm splitting hairs a little bit here, you know, it's not a huge difference, but, um, you know, I believe that this guy, Mike Evans, he was the, he was the number one wide receiver not that long ago. Um, it's only, he's only two years, two seasons removed from a season where he was the number one wide receiver in fantasy. And so, you know, he has that potential. He has the, that that wide receiver one kind of potential, um, you know, and so I think that this is why Mike Evans is one of the top players that I love in 2019. So, um, you know, what I'm backing that up with is, you know, really Tampa Bay. There's little reason for me to, in, you know, that that to me that indicates that Mike Evans is going to have a worse season than he did last year. So his current ADP, the reason that he is going where he is right now, is because of the way that he finished his 2018 season. Okay. So, um, you know, there's no way to me, at least that he's going to have a worse season than he did last year. Okay. So even if you take him, let's say you took him 19th overall, 20th overall, I, I feel like it's very, very unlikely barring injury that he's going to have a worse season and he's going to put up less points than he did last season. In fact, I feel like there's a lot of reason to believe that Evans is Evans could very well outperform his current ADP. Um, and, and really this is why Deshaun Jackson, um, and Adam Humphreys, former, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Deshaun Jackson is now with the Philadelphia Eagles and Adam Humphreys is now with the Tennessee Titans. Both of those players, both of those wide receivers accounted for over 170 targets last year and over 110 receptions. So I'm going to, of course, mention the proverbial, oh, where are those targets going to go? You know, I know that's very stereotypical. Like this is what every analyst kind of leans on is, okay, well, somebody has to, like there's a lot of targets to up for grabs in Tampa Bay. Um, but, you know, it's more than that. And, you know, and so I wanted to really, really dive deep into this one. Um, and so I went and did the math and it's kind of funky math, you know, and so it's not, you know, 100% applicable, but, um, this is what I did. So I took those 170 targets, um, and I divided up those evenly between the remaining pass catchers in Tampa Bay. So, um, and I consider there to be like four main pass catchers in Tampa. Okay. So, um, you know, as far as those targets go, um, we got, here we go. We got Chris Godwin. We have OJ Howard. Cameron Brait, and of course we have Mike Evans. Um, I believe that the majority of those, I think it's, you know, this is fuzzy math, but I think it's pretty safe to assume that those those receivers, those uh, pass catchers rather, are going to be the ones that are going to be fighting for those targets, okay? 
Um, so you take those 170 targets and you divide you divide that by four. So four pass catchers, you divide 170 by four, like I just mentioned, and that equals out to roughly 42 targets. All right. I think that's at worst. Um, I think that's like, I don't think that's a very likely that they're going to be divided up that way, but let's just say just for argument's sake that they are. Mike Evans last year had a catch rate of 62%. So this is what I did. I took 62% of 42 and that equals out to 26. So um, in theory, Mike Evans should get 26 additional receptions this year based off of that equation. Okay. Um, if you can get down with that, then, you know, I think that, you know, I'd be very, very pleased uh, personally taking Mike Evans at the end of the second round, knowing that he's going to get 26 additional targets or 26 additional receptions this year, the 2019 season. Um, and, you know, really, I would argue that that's probably on the low end of things. Okay. That's lower than what I expect. I think that he's probably going to get more than 26 additional receptions this year. Um, you know, I, I want to really write this down and make sure that I, and, and, and calculate this or, you know, just, uh, you know, see what this looks like by the end of the season, um, and see where he's at on, as far as rece- receptions go. I think it's a lot more likely that Mike Evans has closer to 40 receptions this year. And, and really this is why. So Bruce Arians, um, you know, he is a guy that he's a throw first coach. He's throw first, throw second, and then maybe he'll run after that. Maybe he'll run third. Okay, so, um, you know, I think that, you know, th- this offense is going to throw the ball, and I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. They threw the ball a lot last season, and I haven't seen much change with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't see much reason for them to go away from this, like, throw-first mentality, okay? They, they don't have a very good run game. Um, I don't think the run game has, has improved very much. Um, there's going to be more consistent quarterback play from – you know, Jameis Winston, I believe. And so, you know, I know consistent and Jameis Winston, um, they don't, it's kind of weird having them in the same sentence. Um, but what I mean by that is we're not going to have this situation like we did last season with Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in and then Jameis Winston comes in. I think there's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be one guy. It's going to be Jameis Winston and then there's not going to be anybody else coming in um, and so the continuity, I feel like that's going to go a long ways as well. Um, so that's what I mean when I say more consistent quarterback play. I do want to say though, real quick that I think that Jameis Winston, um, will be a better poised quarterback this season. So he and Bruce Arians do have a good rapport with each other. Um, Bruce Arians, and we'll talk about this a little more later on, uh, but Bruce Arians, um, you know, it has become apparent. It has become apparent that Bruce Arians, one of his big, um, you know, I guess things on his his agenda this season is to make Jameis Winston a franchise quarterback. Okay, so that is probably on the top of his to do list this year. Okay, um, of course he's expected to try to win games, but I feel like, you know, in order to do that, the number one thing he's, he really needs to do this season is make Jameis Winston a franchise quarterback. So. Um, you know, one thing I do want to mention real quick, um, is that, you know, I don't think that this is necessarily very likely, but, um, you know, I, I did mention, you know, Cameron Brait and OJ Howard and, you know, how they're going to get some of these targets that 
are up for grabs, but you know, you know, that were left that are leave, being left behind by Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys. Um, I think that OJ Howard is going to get his. Not so sure about Cameron Brait. Um, you know, if I had to guess, I think, you know, this is probably going to be more of a, you know, a third, you know, a split split three ways between Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, and Mike Evans. You know, and so I, that's that's why I feel like you know he's going to get closer to forty more additional receptions. Um, rather than the 26 that I mentioned earlier, um, you know, and, you know, if you don't need, you know, if you need more, you know, reason, you know, to, uh, you know, if you need more reason to, to believe in Mike Evans this year, you know, Jameis Winston, that's his guy. Um, you know, Jameis Winston and Mike Evans, they have a good rapport with each other. Um, he, Mike Evans is the guy that has the most chemistry with Jameis. Um, he's been with them the longest out of all these other pass catchers. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, Mike Evans, you know, what what it reminds me of is his uh his season a couple of seasons ago when he was the number one wide receiver. And it, it seemed like the wide receiver core for Tampa Bay was just kind of decimated. Um his, his name is kind of leaving me now. I can't recall. Um he was a receiver with the with the San Diego Chargers back when they were with San Diego. And then um and he was and then he went to Tampa Bay. I'm 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 losing his name off the top of my head, but that was a season that he actually got hurt, and so it really was the Mike Evans show. Um, this reminds me, this situation reminds me of that season, you know, where Mike Evans was, you know, he he was an absolute stud. He was the number one wide receiver for the year, you know, with with two guys leaving Tampa Bay, two pass catchers leaving Tampa Bay. This really really reminds me of that. I don't know if he's gonna be. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to get as many receptions as he did that year, but, um, I don't think it's crazy to think that Evans could finish the year as the number one wide receiver in fantasy. I think there, that is within the realm of possibility. I'm not saying it's necessarily likely, but that is within the realm of possibility. If you're still aren't convinced why you should draft Evans, um, earlier than he's going, just check out these little tidbits real quick and then we'll wrap up. So Mike Evans, in, a, in every season he has played in the NFL, he has had 1,000 receiving yards. That's every season. Even in his down years, he's still had 1,000 receiving yards. But Mike Evans has hardly ever missed any games. So in five seasons, Evans has only missed five games. Okay? Um, you know, when you really, really think about it, you know, that that's, that's really not bad. Um, when he does miss a game, it, it seems like he misses a game, and then he's back in the lineup the next week. So – you know, he doesn't really miss very many games, and that probably has something to do with how young he is. So Evans turns 26 here in just a few weeks. It's very He's very, very young. I've said this before. It's a young man's game, okay? So, um, you know, he's going to be more than likely, knock on wood, he's going to be available. And so that that's something you can, if, you, if nothing else, you can really hang your hat on that. All right, so Mike Evans is going currently as a 20th player off the boards behind Guys like Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Nick Chubb, Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, you know, it probably sounds like I'm really hating on the AFC North um, after I mentioned all those guys, but you know, I, I, um, you know, some of those guys are, are currently um, currently in the AFC North, some formerly in the AFC North. Um, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, just to name two. Um, but you know, I, you know, really, it's it's hard for me. Um, to pass up on Evans for one of these other guys, you know, I really, I feel like Mike Evans is is somebody that you can you can you know you can draft in the in the second round and you can feel pretty good about it. Um, this year, I'm going to really really make it a point to be risk averse 
in the first two rounds. Um, and I feel like Mike Evans does not, he does not, you know, he doesn't provide a lot of risk. Okay. So I think you can draft him in the second round and feel good about it. Um, do some of these other guys have more upside? Perhaps, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, some of these guys, like they have a lot of upside. And so, um, but I think Mike Evans is a pretty safe pick here. So, um, I think there's a little, there's just very little risk with Mike Evans. I'm trying to be risk averse when it, especially when it comes to the first two rounds. Um, a lot of good fantasy, fantasy analysts, what they say about your first two rounds is, you know, you're not going to necessarily win your, your, your league in the first two rounds, but you could certainly lose it. And so, um, that's why I really, really like taking Mike Evans in the second round. Moving on to Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry, you know, was kind of, um, you know, this enigma last year. I guess that's that's the term I'm going to use. Um, if you rostered Derrick Henry last year, the chances are then you were probably pretty frustrated uh, with the usage up until about week 14 when they played the Jaguars. So Derrick Henry um, absolutely blew up last year um, in the last few weeks of the season. So there's a lot of people that are asking, you know, hey, is this legit? Can we expect this kind of production, you know, this season? This is really, really anecdotal, but I think the answer is yes. I think that that was more legit than not. And so, um, you know, I think that at, at the very least, you know, I think these performances, um, you know, what, what it indicates to me is that it's clear to me that the Titans offense needs to run through Derrick Henry, no pun intended. I, I think that this, this team, um, you know, kind of struggled to find an identity last season. You know, they kind of got off to a good start, but then they kind of struggled for a little bit. Um, and I don't think they really knew what they wanted to be. You know, it seemed like, you know, Marcus Mariota kind of struggled. He had some, had some injuries he had to struggle through. Um, you know, and so I think that, I think this is more legit than not. I think that it makes sense for this coaching staff to run the offense through Derrick Henry and get him, you know, 20 touches a game at the minimum. Um, now I will say that those games that he blew up, those were against some cupcake matchups. Okay. So, um, I think they play the Redskins. Uh, I mean, the Jaguars actually was a pretty good. They actually had a pretty good run defense, but they just didn't show up. I guess that's the that's the best way. That's the best explanation I have for that particular game. Um, but yeah, some of those matchups uh, they were kind of cake matchups. Um, but again, I think that this team, you know, I think that they found an identity last season, and I think that that identity is this. I think they're going to try to play good defense, and then they're going to run the ball. Um, that's kind of what they do in uh that division so um at least some of those teams do and so i wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens again this season so um you know really you think about it this game uh this game script that i'm describing that almost got them in the playoffs last season so um I, you know the titans you know and then here we go again you know talking about you know trying to evaluate information and and what what is your takeaway from this you know the Titans did add um, did add some wide receivers. Um, you know one to name, I believe his name's AJ Brown. I think I'm getting that right from Ole Miss. Um, and, and so you know one pe- some people may wonder, okay, well, does this mean they're trying to get Marcus Mariota some more weapons? And certainly, I'm certainly I'm, I'm sure that's a that that's that's you know one piece of information to take from this is like yes, they're trying to get Marcus Mariota some more weapons. Um, you know they've you know they lost they've lost Rashard Matthews in re- recent years, Corey Davis, 
has been kind of pedestrian. You know, he's had some flashes in, in, in the past, but really he hasn't been like anything too impressive. So it makes sense for them to go again, you know, go out and get AJ Brown. But here's the thing that this is my big takeaway from this. I think that this spreads the, the defense out a little bit. Okay. So, you know, between Corey Davis and AJ Brown, you know, like I think that both of these guys, you know, they're going to be um, guys that defenses are going to have to account for. And so I think that's going to mean more room for Derrick Henry to run. So I think this is going to spread the defense out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, not 100% sold on Derrick Henry, but where he's currently going in drafts, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how, um, I don't know how to, how to pass up on Derrick Henry when he's going in the middle of the fourth round. So, um, you know, one thing I almost forgot to mention, you know, Delaney Walker, um, it looks like he's probably going to be back at full strength this season. There's no, there's nothing indicating that he's not going to be. Um, but you know, Delaney Walker, he, he's been a fantastic, he's been a very, very underrated tight end in this league, but he turns 20, he turns, excuse me, he turns 35 years old here in a few days. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that he had a season's ending injury last year, um, and we, we don't know what he what he's going to look like. We don't have anything that indicates that he's not going to be at full strength this season, but we really don't know. And so that's one less red zone threat um, for the Titans. And I don't know if they have a whole lot of red zone threats right now. So I think that Derrick Henry, if nothing else, is going to be heavily leaned on in the red zone. And I think that makes sense. Like, this guy's like a Mack truck. He's big. He's strong. Um, you know, I think he's a, he's a really, really good between the tackles runner. And so I think when the Titans get in close, they're going to be handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. I don't think they're going to get real cute with anything either. I think it's going to be the Derrick Henry show anytime they're in the red zone or close to it. Um, like I said before, Derrick Henry, he's going in the middle of the fourth round. Um, really, this is not giving me any heartburn taking him in the fourth round. Um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to taking him a little bit earlier than this. Um, you know, by the third round, certainly by the fourth round, I think that, you know, there's a part of me that really, really is ready to, I'm really ready, you know, to start swinging for the fences and try, I'm looking for league winners. So um, I think Derrick Henry, based off of what we saw at the end of last season, that's what he is. He could be a potential league winner. Um, the one argument I do have against Derrick Henry is that he is almost um, non-existent in the passing game. So, um, you know, he doesn't offer a lot of uh, passing um, passing work. You know, he's, he's probably not going to catch hardly any balls. Um, but I think that this offense is going to run through Derrick Henry. I'd be very, very shocked to, uh, to see it not. All right, next player I have for you guys is Chris Carson. This is one I really, really don't understand. Um, Chris Carson's not getting any love out there. Despite finishing as the RB12 on the season last year, he's just not getting any love. Um, I don't really get it. Um, you know, he finished as RB12, and that's not even by it's not even on a points-per-game basis last year either. Um, you know, he Chris Carson, he, he experienced some injuries last year, so he missed some games, um, got taken out a couple games. Um, you know, so he still finishes as an RB12 despite – you know, kind of one of those seasons where he experienced some injuries. Um, you know, the reason that Carson, you know, Chris Carson was so valuable last year was because the Seahawks ran the ball a ton. I expect the Seahawks to do the same exact thing this year, pretty much. I don't think their defense will be quite as good, but I think it's going to be pretty close. I think they're going to still 
Uh, I think they still plan on using this game script, run the ball a ton, try to play good defense, and just play not to lose. Um, and here's the thing. things this is, this is It gets better. Okay, Not only did the Seahawks run the ball a ton, but Mike Davis – um, you know, the kind of kind of the change of pace running back there in Seattle. He's now a Chicago Bear. Mike Davis accounted for 146 touches in this backfield last season. Where are those going to go? Well, to be honest with you, Rashad Penny is probably going to get some of those. But here's the thing. Even if he gets, let's say he gets, um, let's say if he, he gets, I don't know, let's say if he gets um, close to a third of them. There's still almost 50 touches there that Chris Carson could get. So here's the, the point I'm making is this. There's still going to be plenty of work for Chris Carson, okay? Like, this, this team is going to run the ball a crap ton. It's going to be insane how much they run the ball, okay? Like, just, they did, just like they did last year. Um, you know, I think there was one game where uh, Russell Wilson had, like, nine, nine uh, pass attempts. That's insane. Like, he was crazy efficient with those. But, like, he only threw the ball, like, nine times against the 49ers, I believe. So here's the thing, um, you know, I think that there are a lot of people that are hesitant about Chris Carson um, because they're worried about Rashad Penny. Okay, so Rashad Penny, if you're you know new to fantasy football, Rashad Penny was a first round draft pick. I think he was taken 27th overall in the 2018 draft. Um, here's the thing, I was very very shocked by that draft move. You know, frankly, I didn't think Penny was worthy of a first round pick. I don't think he was a first round talent. And I don't think I was the only one uh, that was thinking that. I don't think I was alone in that opinion. If you really watch Penny's highlight tape, um, I, I recommend going to watch it from his, from his days in, at San Diego State. Because um, much of it, you know, was impressive, but much of it was, you know, kickoff and punt returns. You know, there weren't like, you know, I was, I didn't, there weren't as many, um, you know, highlights of his uh, on his highlight tape that were, you know, just straight up running back carries. I know I expected a lot more from a first round selection. Um, I don't think that Penny is a scrub by any means. Okay, so don't don't you know get don't don't um don't get carried away in thinking that. But I don't think Penny has much as much of a chance to take this job as people may think. I think it's worth mentioning though. If you do select Carson, um, I think that it's probably in your best interest to try to get Penny in the eighth or the ninth round. Um, you know, this is, this is more about Carson's injury history, less about his talent. Okay. So, you know, Carson, Chris Carson, he has experienced some injuries in the past two seasons. Uh, but you know, I think, again, I think this is more about, I think it's more about the, his injury history, less about the talent of the two players. Um, here's the thing, Chris Carson, the Seahawks really like this guy. There's, there's no reason that I can think of. Um, that, that there's no reason to, for me to think that Carson won't get the bulk of the carries. Um, in fact, it's been actually reported out of the Seahawks camp, out of so Seahawks camp, that they want to get Carson more involved in the passing game. Now, I think Carson, he's a guy who can catch passes better than he gets credit for. I think he could possibly see some additional touches in the form of receptions. So, you know, even if Carson has the same production, let's say Carson has the same production as last season. And he doesn't get. And he does. He's not a factor in the passing game. Doesn't he at least deserve to be taken earlier than the fifth round? I think that's crazy. I think it's crazy he's going in the fifth round. That 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 seems like such a steal to me for a guy who could potentially be um, RB twelve, RB eleven, RB ten on the season. So um, I'm taking Chris Carson in the fifth round, beginning of the fifth round, probably 
and I'm not having any heartburn over it. In fact, I, I, I'm not looking at you funny if you take him in the fourth round. I'm probably going to um, – I may need to adjust my rankings, and uh, I may need to put him up there in the fourth round as well. All right, last player I got for you guys this evening is uh, Jameis Winston. So Jameis Winston um, isn't even being drafted right now. And I don't know – well, I do know why. Um, I do know why his stock is painfully low. Um, and I think it's because of the recency bias. Okay. So, um, you know, and if you're new to fantasy football, this is another good piece of advice for you. And I'll probably talk about this in the next episode or two, uh, more at length, but you can't let recency bias affect your judgment moving forward. You have to be forward thinking when it comes to fantasy football. Um, Jameis Winston is, uh, he's going undrafted right now, but you know, the reason that, that this has happened is because Tampa Bay, the quarterback situation in Tampa Bay last year was just such a freaking mess. It was ridiculous. Um, you know, it was, it was first, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick because Jameis Winston was suspended. Um, and so, um, it, it, it kind of went back and forth between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. Ryan Fitzpatrick came out, he came out guns a blazing. And then, so Tampa Bay was like, Oh yeah, you know, um, you know, it, it, I don't remember, I don't recall if they actually said this or not, but, it was like, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick is our starter. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick did started doing poorly. And so Jameis Winston came back. And then Jameis Winston started doing poorly. And so Ryan Fitzpatrick came back. And then it, it came back to Jameis Winston. Um, so it was just a little ridiculous, like kind of how everything played out last season. Um, and I think that's why everybody is so low on Jameis Winston. But, um, you know, here's the reality. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is gone. Now this is all Jameis Winston's job you know and there's no um I'm not worried about I think Blaine Gabbard is the backup on this team I'm not worried about Blaine Gabbard coming out and uh and taking Jameis Winston's job it's not going to happen Jameis Winston is in the driver's seat right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, I mentioned this earlier Bruce Arians um you know one of his one of the one of the, one of the things on his to-do list I'm pretty sure is make uh, make Jameis Winston franchise quarterback I think that's a big key of emphasis and I think this is a guy that can do it but anyways, I'll get on with it. All right, so uh, I like Winston this year um, for many of the same reasons that I like Mike Evans, like I mentioned earlier. This should be a team that's going to throw and throw very, very often. So they have a poor running game. They have a bad defense. They have talented pass catchers. Um, you know, everything seems like it's going to line up for Jameis Winston. This is a contract year for him, so he's got motivation. He's got plenty of motivation. Um, and, you know, he's got this coach that – they, he likes to throw first, and he likes to, and he likes to throw second. So it's not going to be a lot, there's not going to be a lot of running on this game or in this. Uh, he's not going to there's not going to be a lot of running on this team. Um, you know, not only does he like to throw, Bruce Arians that is, he likes to throw it deep. So I think it's worth mentioning, um, you know, that Bruce Arians. You know, I think there are a couple analysts out there that are talking about. Um, Bruce Arians, you know, he's probably not, he's not going to take advantage of, um, a tight end like OJ Howard, but here's the thing. Bruce Arians has never had a, a guy like OJ Howard. Okay. So he's never had a tight end quite like this guy. Um, you know, OJ Howard is a guy who can get up field and Bruce Arians likes to throw the ball downfield. So there are three guys in this offense that can get downfield. Mike Evans, um, OJ Howard, and of course, Chris Godwin. Okay. So, um, I have high hopes for this offense. I think they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Um, you know, seriously, I, I, I think that this is uh, – everything's lining up for Jameis Winston here. I think he's going to have a big year. 
I think he's gonna um, he's gonna just light some offense or some defenses up. Really, I mean, there's, it's not always gonna look pretty. I mean, you know, if you've ever watched Jameis Winston play, he's got this like, you know, cra- you know, this attitude where sometimes it's like you just watch him and you say, "What was he thinking?" Um, but sometimes that works out for him. Sometimes, you know, he just chucks the ball up and it works out. Other times, it's gonna be intercepted. So that's kind of what you're getting with Jameis Winston, and that hurts. You know, when you got you know these uh, these leagues that have pretty significant deductions for uh, interceptions, but I think that you know I think the uh, the touchdowns and uh, you know the yards are going to the passing yards are going to heavily outweigh those interceptions and in those those games. So and I think he's going to throw less interceptions this year too. I think fewer interceptions are uh, going to happen for James Winston this year. If you're not sold yet, think about it in terms of this. So. The Tampa Bay quarterback last year, okay, this is how I'm going to phrase it. You know, Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick combined last year, their fantasy points, to be the QB2 on the season last year. I think that's what people aren't thinking about here. So, you know, in theory, if it had just if it had just been Ryan Fitzpatrick or if it had just been Jameis Winston, then they probably would have finished as, a, a, you know, at least a top five quarterback. You know, they combined they combined last year to be the QB two on the season. So I think it stands to reason that Winston has a very good chance to finish as a top five quarterback this season. Okay. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I, I think that it is, it is very unlikely that he does not finish um, as a top 10 quarterback. So best of all, Winston's going for free. Basically he's going as QB 18. He's going undrafted in a lot of leagues um, despite throwing 300 yards in five of his last nine starts last season. Okay, so he had nine starts total last season. He threw five, He threw for 300 yards in five of them. Okay, so over half of his starts last season, he threw for over 300 yards. And some of those games were closer to 400. Um, I really think that Jameis Winston is going to be one of the biggest bargains in drafts this year. Um, you know, if, you, if you're going quarterback late, which I highly, highly recommend um, – I think that he's somebody that could be a huge, huge bargain. And who knows, maybe he finishes, um, he could finish just behind, you know, guys like Patrick Mahomes and, and Aaron Rodgers. Is that not worth it? And, you know, if you take him in with the last pick of your of your draft. So that's all I got for you guys this evening. I appreciate you guys listening in. I plan on doing some more segments that are similar um, here in the next week or two, next few weeks rather. Um, probably some more uh, players I love. Probably some players that I hate, um, not literally hate, but just don't like their ADP. Um, so you guys can expect some more content here in the next few weeks. Appreciate you guys listening in. I'll catch you guys next time. What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy Football Podcast. What's your fantasy? This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy 